Hey, Sincerely Human listeners, before we start today's show, we have exciting news. We just relaunched our website and we're obsessed. But of course, you shouldn't take our word for it. On our new site, you can listen to all our episodes, pitch guests, and also learn how you can advertise on our podcast. Hope you check us out at SincerelyHuman.com. So a couple of organizations said, Susan, if you leave, we will hire you as a consultant. So I left on a Friday and I started on a Monday because I thought they would change their mind. So I never took a day off. I named it McPherson Strategies because I figured it was just going to be a placeholder until I figured out what was next. And that is my ex-husband's name. So go figure. Thank goodness he's a nice guy. It was a sweltering Friday afternoon in Brooklyn, New York. It's really hot today. Stand clear of the closing doors, please. It was a significant commute for us, but eventually, Maverick and I made it to our destination. We rang the doorbell and waited. You sure you rang the doorbell? Yeah, I'm not sure if it worked. You let me try. Thinking we pressed it too lightly, we rang it again. A few minutes later, a woman opened the door. It was Susan. With a radiant smile, she extended her arms and went in for a hug. This was our first time meeting her. Yay, I'm excited. As soon as we started talking, it didn't take us long to see why Susan is named a consummate connector. Over the years, she's built an incredible network of business leaders and nonprofit professionals who have a mission to do good. This network is something Susan expands with such ease and authenticity. After all, companies and organizations are built by people. And for Susan, bridging relationships to create an even greater impact in the world is really all that matters. This is the story of Susan McPherson, effervescent communicator, serial connector, and the founder and CEO of McPherson Strategies. This is Camille. And this is Maverick. And this is Sincerely Human, a podcast that tells stories of kindness in action, from the lens of today's most inspiring humans. I often say I've had nine lives before I got to the one that I'm currently living, and who knows, by the time I finish this podcast, it may be ten lives. Susan's not lying. She has had quite a life. She grew up in a small town in upstate New York, and in the early 70s, her parents would take Susan and her siblings to New York City. They wanted us to see people that didn't look like us. They wanted us to experience culture and, you know, go to museums and go to the theater and go to the symphony. My late father was a history professor who taught at a women's college for 39 years, and my mother dedicated her life, basically, the life that I knew, because... She went back to work when I was six or seven to public television. Susan would tell her mom she'd make more money in commercial networks. 
and she always said no, but the cause and the content keep me focused and it makes me want to work here. My mother went back to work so that my parents could pay for all or at least a good chunk of our college education because education was like the number one thing. And my parents were all second generation. Their parents had come over from Eastern Europe and Russia in the early 20th century. Susan moved to D.C. after college and got her first stint as researcher on USA Today. Mind you, USA Today started in 82, so it was an exciting time to be there. But working in journalism in the 80s meant you were using um, Encyclopedia Britannica, Yellow Pages, and typewriters. Uh, There was no Google. (laughs) There was no email. Um, But I loved journalism because it taught me to be eternally inquisitive and curious. But I didn't have the passion to be a reporter for the long term. Uh, And I had done a graduate degree in broadcast journalism. So as you can see, I never have been on television, but I can interview. She pivoted to marketing and had moved to Southern California and eventually Seattle for work. While she was there, Susan joined a nonprofit called Fair Start. Fair Start has been transforming lives through food for over 25 years. It's provided solutions to poverty, homelessness, and hunger. Their restaurants and cafes provide meals to shelters and schools in Seattle. At Fair Start, Participants gain practical experience while giving back to their community. Yes, I wanted to do it because it's good to do, but it's also a great way to meet people and make friends who have like-minded values. But then in 2003, Susan went through a challenging time. I was going through a divorce, which is never fun. And I had been working for many, many years at that point for a company called PR Newswire. PR Newswire was headquartered in New York, and they said, come to New York for four months. And I often say my late father, one piece of advice that he gave to me that has I carried my back pocket, he said, nothing is a prison sentence, meaning you can always go back. So she went back to New York. While she still worked in the private sector, social impact work had always been in Susan's DNA. I joined a variety of political organizations, um, and I, of course, joined BPeace, and BPeace stands for Business Council for Peace. And we were a network of business professionals, predominantly women, who would use their network, their skills, their business acumen to train women entrepreneurs in regions of post-conflict. So we were, at the time, working mainly in Afghanistan and Rwanda. And I went to Afghanistan, and it was actually the first time I really saw a bit effective use of business being a force for good because we were doing knowledge transfer. We were helping women entrepreneurs create jobs by learning how to run their businesses better. And these weren't home-based businesses. And Afghanistan, of course, was you know riveted by violence. But to see the dedication and then to see us pooling our collective knowledge, whether it was like teaching someone how to use QuickBooks, teaching a businesswoman how to do better marketing, obviously with cultural, you know, adaptations, but it was such an eye-opening experience for me. In addition to that eye-opening experience, Susan also learned how to develop services for people involved in corporate social responsibility. This, combined with her innate passion to give back, led Susan to her current venture, McPherson Strategies. McPherson Strategies is a communications consultancy focused on the intersection of brands and social impact. And just this past year, Fortune Magazine does its annual list of best companies to work for around the world. Well, this past year, Salesforce won. 
And something that stood out to me was the quote that they placed at the top of the Fortune article. And it was a quote from a Salesforce employee. Not about the high pay, not about the stock um, he gets to receive, not about the fact that he has flex hours. He said he was thrilled to work there because he knew that company stood for more than just the software they sold. And to me, that said a lot. At McPherson, that's pretty much the burning question Susan asks her clients. What do you stand for? In the past six years, it's been an incredible range of responses. From sustainability and women's reproductive health, to providing lifelong care to chimpanzees. A few years ago, we worked on a really fun initiative called Project Chimps, which helped establish the first chimp sanctuary that was built specifically for chimpanzees that had been kept, I hate to say this, but almost like in jail under medical testing for the last 30 years. And they had PTSD. So they couldn't go to zoos. They certainly couldn't be released back into the wild, unfortunately so. And they need special care. So there was a new uh, sanctuary that the first 40 chimps went to and, and more have come since. Over the years, Susan has amassed an amazing roster of clients. Our clients right now, for instance, range from Dell and Salesforce to Participant Media and the Tiffany & Co. Foundation to a nonprofit called Gender Spectrum. They all want to amplify their social impact initiatives and communicate their corporate values to Susan's agency. It used to be brands could only communicate one way, and that one way would be either through a commercial or diluted through trying to get coverage in the press or, you know, buying an ad in a magazine. There was no 360 degrees involved, though. It wasn't like the customer, the client, or the general public could be responsive or share information. So there wasn't really need to have a connection with the customer other than, you know, just sell them things. But with social media, you could be front and center and public about, you know, whether you agreed with the brand or liked a brand or your flight was late and you were angry at Delta. It used to be, you know, what would you do? You'd call and you'd like hope somebody would answer, right? So, you know, with this advent of technology and social, that has been one of the driving factors. We're all looking for connections. And we want to also feel good about the purchases that we make. So it's in a brand's best interest to build a deeper connection so that if I like the particular brand, not only am I going to recommend it to my friends, but I'm going to like take a photo of myself wearing the brand. The brands that don't get this are missing out. The power of human connection. That's something entrepreneurs might miss as they grow their business and chase profitability. But not Susan. One of the things I think we are most proud of is the fact that over six years, 98% of our clients have been inbound. I mean, I credit it for many, you know, a number of reasons. One, certainly as people hear about how tremendous my team is and the quality that they produce, but it's also from the 25 years of professional work that I did leading up to founding the business and the friends that I made. Making friends and creating authentic relationships seem to be at the core of Susan's philosophy. At the same time, she also believes that in doing good, a crucial question to ask is, what motivates you? Is it helping animals? Is it helping, you know, victims of violence? Is it helping former prisoners get their lives back together after leaving prison? Is it training job skills for somebody or helping someone that is homeless? I mean, the thing is, is to find what is exciting and interesting 
and do your part. And, you know, you don't have to go far wherever you live to find people in need. Susan adds that making an impact doesn't require a major time commitment. And wealth is not a deciding factor. I like to think everybody can be a philanthropist. I mean, even if it's $5. One of our clients is the Women's Philanthropy Institute. And believe it or not, when you think of the percentage of income who gives the most, the women paid the least amount give the highest percentage of their income to charity. So what does that tell the rest of us? That we can do it too. Obviously, you need to be saving for your future if you're of the younger generation, but there's many things you can do if you don't feel comfortable writing checks. And there are running races, there's dance marathons, there's bike-a-thons, there's Girl Scout cookies, there's lemonade stands, there's sharing of information. Why should we do it? Here's what Susan thinks we'd all feel better. And studies show that like you get dopamine from doing good and helping others. So it's like it gives your brain a high. And you may meet the love of your life volunteering. And so with all these reasons, what's to stop us then from doing good in the world? If you want to learn more about Susan's work, you can head on over to their website, mcpstrategies.com. Link in our show notes. Thank you for listening, guys. We'll catch you again next week. Remember, be good to one another. This show is produced by Human Group Media, an award-winning social good podcast company. Human Group Media works with thought leaders, brands, and organizations to inspire social change through the power of audio storytelling.